Welcome back to the Joat Show here on Dion Family Network, episode 16. We got NFL Week 4, MLB Playoffs, and MLB and NBA Finals. Let's get right into it. First up, starting the NFL, the, I don't want to say least important, but just at the moment, Week 4, still trying to figure out what these teams are. People are trying to make playoff predictions, award predictions. Still loving my Russell Wilson for MVP. Did that at the beginning of the year, and I'll stay on that for until he wins it, really. Thursday night, on paper, looked like a horrible game. Denver, no Drew Locke, no Cortland Sutton, no Von Miller. 0-3 against 0-3. The Jets, they're just the Jets. And Broncos come up top, come uh, finish up on top. That was a weird way to say it. Uh, 37-28, Brett Ripien gets the start for Denver. Comes in 19 for 31, 242 passing yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Outdual Sam Darnold. Darnold had that great run where he broke a couple of tackles and had a juke move that made him look like a running back, but 23 for 42, 230 yards. And for the first time this season... Actually, wait, maybe not even for the first time. Yeah, first time this season, the Jets, Jets actually held a lead at one point. It's it's great. It's ridiculous. They opened the game with a score, the touchdown, Sam, the Sam Darnold 46-yard run. Denver came back, field goal, touchdown, Jets field goal, Broncos touchdown, two Jets field goals, end of the second, beginning of the third. Touchdown, Broncos, field goal, Broncos, Field goal, touchdown, field goal for the Jets, and then field goal, touchdown for the Broncos, 37-28 final score. This is a bad beat for me just because I had the Jets plus two and a half. I had them winning too. It was a weird Thursday night game, and I was not expecting this out of Brett Ripien. The Jets had the ball with under three minutes left. I tuned in a couple minutes before that and kind of went back through the game, and it was ridiculous. The Jets had a fourth down. They had, I think it was a third and three and obviously at that point of the game they were down by one or they're down by two and it was plus two and a half so I just thought okay even even if they get the chance to drive just get it deep in their territory try to get a field goal one point win I I walk away scot-free even if they lose the ball why would the Broncos go score again and that's exactly what they do 148 left in the game it was tough but I mean I wasn't expecting it from this Broncos team. They said a 1-3. and three. To me, especially without Drew Locke, they're the worst team in that division, and the Jets are the worst team in football. I don't think anybody should be celebrating that win too much. Going forward, both of these teams are in for a rough ride. All right, let's move on to the rest of the weekend. All right, first up, Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus 3.5 at home. This is... To me, this is a re- this is a big trap that they're trying to get everyone on the Bengals. I like the Bengals to win. I like Jacksonville to cover. I think this is going to be a close, tight game. Gardner Minshew versus Joe, Joe Burrow. The real X factor in this game is going to be the Jaguars' defense. If they can give pressure, get pressure to Burrow, which the Eagles did, the Browns did. I'm at, at this point, I'm kind of scared that he's even going to finish the season. Their offensive line's horrible, and they're just leaving him out to dry. But I trust him. I think the Jags are, they're both kind of in, 
they were letting us down, but now they got a, both of them have a shot to redeem themselves. I like the Bengals to win, but again, I'm not super confident in that. This is a matchup of two not so great teams. Next up, Cleveland. They're going to Dallas. Dallas minus four and a half. Again, I think this is going to be a close game. I think just looking at these teams in my head, it was, oh, Dallas is going to blow them out. Minus four and a half. That's easy. That's why that one in my head, I'm just like, okay, I have to go back on that one. I like Dallas to win. I think their offense is better. I think Dak is going to outduel Baker. I don't really think that's too much of a hot take at this point. But I like the Browns to cover. I just, I don't trust Dallas to win big. That Falcons comeback was great. Rams loss isn't great. And they're one and two. Cleveland's two and one. Good for the first time. I think I said it on Monday, but the first time they're over 500 since 2014. It's insane and it's just two and one next up new orleans at detroit detroit plus four and a half i really think this is another it's they're trying to trap i i know the saints have looked really bad and i think that's what the trap is is that we're not supposed to believe in the saints and that this Lions team which as i'm just thinking about both of these teams it makes complete sense that the Lions win this game they're plus four and a half. I like them to cover. This isn't going to be a last second just gut feeling on Sunday, but I think the Saints come out with the win. I think they're a better team. I think their defense can get some pressure to Stafford and not limit their weapons, but I think they can, if Breeze and the Saints can open up a lead early, especially with how Alvin Kamara has been been playing. I think he's the fifth highest receiver, like fifth highest receiving yards in the league. He's a running back. His average depth of target is under a yard. So every cat, every reception, every catch, he's catching it behind the line of scrimmage, and all of the yards he's getting is just from him running, which is wildly impressive. I think Drew Brees. I think we got to give him a little more time before we just before we sing the swan song and bury him. He's older, his arm isn't as strong. I think we can all just see that, but I just there's something about him that I just can't trust Stafford over Breeze. Next up, Seattle at Miami. Miami plus six and a half. I think this spread has gone up. And again, originally I was thinking Seahawks are just gonna blow him out. It's not gonna be close. I'm looking at it now that Dolphins defense isn't horrible. Fitzpatrick can put up points. They've been so inconsistent this year. And the Seahawks are great. They're 3-0. Russell Wilson, MVP. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have both been great. At some point, they're going to get Josh Gordon in there. That's a lethal receiving crew. Defensively, they're lackluster at best, which sucks to see because once they have to play good teams, especially come playoff time, I think it's going to be a big problem. But they're just going to have to let Russ go. I think I like the Seahawks to win, but I'm pretty sure the Dolphins will keep it close. They'll cover the spread. Six and a half. Hopefully. Next up, Battle of 0-3 teams. Two teams who I think everyone thought are surprised they're both 0-3. I'm really not surprised. Just just based on schedule for Houston. Houston, I give the benefit of the doubt at 0-3. I don't, I don't know why people are believing in this Minnesota team. They lost Stefan Diggs, who was, was a diva. I don't want to say diva. That's kind of rude. But he didn't have the best attitude. I'll say it that way. And he left. They brought in Justin Jefferson, who had a great week last week. But 
are we supposed to believe he's the next Stefan Diggs, especially what we see, and we'll get to Buffalo, but we see what he's doing with Josh Allen. I don't know why we're believing in Minnesota. I'm picking against them. Houston's minus three and a half at home. I think Deshaun Watson over Kirk Cousins in an 0-3 matchup. I think whoever loses this game, really their season's over. You start 0-4, especially Houston's chasing Tennessee and Indy. Minnesota, I think, is going to be chasing everybody in their division. Although at least they are right now. Next up, Arizona at Carolina. Carolina plus three and a half. I think this is the ultimate. I might get screwed and regret my words, but I think the Cardinals played horrible last week. I liked them last week just because of how good that offense has looked, but I'm trusting them again this week. Plus three and a half, or minus three and a half on the road. This Carolina team did beat the Chargers last week, but it's the Chargers and Drew and uh, I was about to say Drew Locke and Justin Herbert. I think this Arizona offense is different. I think they're really going to put up points. I think it's going to be a good game, but I like Arizona to cover and win. Next up, this is my upset pick of the week. The LA Chargers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers minus seven and a half. Bucks looked good against Carolina. I good. I don't know if it's really the right word. They said it two and one now. They beat the Broncos and Jeff Driscoll. I don't know. I just I like the Chargers in this game. I think Joey Bosa is going to bring pressure to Brady. As good as that offensive line and Gronk, that's basically an offensive lineman has been. I just like the Chargers. I I I like Herbert. I think him and those weapons have been working really well together and. I don't know. I don't really have any real logic behind it, but it's the NFL in a pandemic. It's it's going to be weird. It's my weird game of the week. Next up, Baltimore. They're taking a little bus ride up to Washington, facing the football team. Washington, plus 13 and a half. Baltimore's coming off that tough Monday night loss against Kansas City. I think they're going to walk into Washington and make a statement. I think Washington doesn't have the right starting quarterback right now. I think... It should be uh, it should be Alex Smith. I think Dwayne Haskins is a less efficient version of Alex Smith. I don't think he's bad, and I think he can definitely improve, but I picked them last week because I thought, I, don't, I just don't trust this Cleveland team. That Cleveland defense is good. Baltimore's defense and, their, and Lamar, they're going to be coming to make a statement that they're not going to let Kansas City tear down their season, which completely fair next up another big spread which has also gone up throughout the week the new york football giants are in los angeles to face the rams rams minus 12 and a half i think we've all seen this rams team i don't want to say show up but they look more like the team from 2018 compared to 2019 although they did go nine and seven i think right now the niners are the worst team in that nfc west which is hilarious to think about the Rams are 2-1. and one. They had that tough loss against Buffalo where they almost came back from 28-3 down. The Giants are horrible. Their, their offense isn't good with, with Saquon. Without, without Saquon Barkley, this offense is non-existent. I like the Rams to win. I like them to cover. I don't know if I said about the Ravens. I like the Ravens to win and cover as well just because these two teams, I think they have something to prove coming off a tough loss against a good team. Could be a trap, could be too big of a spread, but I trust these teams and I trust their offense and defenses respectively to 
hold basically two touchdown leads against these teams. Next up, Buffalo at the Las Vegas Raiders. I think this is a great matchup, surprisingly. Just from hearing those names, a lot of people would think, oh, this is a rough matchup. Raiders are 2-1. and one. They beat the Saints. They lost to the Patriots. Why they have? Oh, and they beat the Panthers week one. I don't know why I was forgetting. Buffalo, they sit 3-0. and They beat the Dolphins. They beat the Jets. They're not good. They beat the Rams. They almost blew that comeback. Josh Allen with the late touchdown for the win. I like the Bills to win. I think the Raiders plus two and a half at home. I think I like the points. I just think this is going to be a tight game. I think Derek Carr and that Raiders offense can score with the Bills as good as their defense is. But ultimately, I think the Bills are a better team, and I think the better teams. That's that's my logic right now. It's just better teams are going to win. Next up, Indianapolis at Chicago. Indianapolis to two and one after. Horrible week one loss to Jacksonville. Come back and win two straight. Bears, 3-0. They beat the Lions because DeAndre Swift dropped that pass. I don't want to say that's the only reason they won, but the Lions were going to win that game. Week two, they beat the horrible Giants who lose Saquon in that game. And then last week, they beat the Falcons. Nick Foles comes in, who is now their starter. This is, this is a weird matchup of two teams that are both over 500, but... I really don't think either of them are that good. So in this case, take the points. I'll take the plus two and a half. Again, this is going to be a 50-50 come Sunday. And if you want to see who I'm picking Sunday, you can go to my blog, jack-dion99.blogspot.com. Right now, I I think I would go Colts with with the Bears and the points, but... I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird game. Next up, and I'm glad I filmed this a little later today because New England Patriots, they're going to Kansas City. Kansas City's minus six and a half. It sucks for the Patriots because Cam Newton, unfortunately, has tested positive for COVID-19. It's just the reality of the season. It's going to happen. He's out for this week. You assume Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer, one of them is going to get the start. I really liked the Patriots plus six and a half going to Kansas City. Cam kind of scoring with Mahomes, but I think the Chiefs are really, they really duped everyone. They had the pretty good week one win against Houston, week two, a tight one against a rookie quarterback who didn't know he was starting until seconds before kickoff. And then they just seemed like they saved everything for week three against the Ravens. They had all these deep passes. They had trick plays. They had, they had the whole nine. That's why even looking at it now, no cam. I don't know if the if they really show a lot to the Patriots, especially if they have to play them in the playoffs. I think they're going to save some stuff. I still like the Chiefs minus six and a half win and cover. I just don't think the Patriots are going to be able to score with them, although their defense can make plays. They, I think the big problem is the Patriots last year, their defense was so suffocating, but this year... They give up big plays, and I think the Chiefs are going to make some of those big plays early. And I could see garbage time. The Patriots maybe backdoor cover the spread, but I'll take the Chiefs. I, th- I think you just have to rely on a good team, which before was the Patriots. All right, Sunday night, Philadelphia at San Francisco. San Francisco minus 6.5, pretty, pretty hefty spread. 
both teams question marks a quarterback for san francisco it's just when does jimmy g come back not that nick mullins actually played pretty well and in the absence i know it's the jets and the giants but i think kyle kyle shanahan uh has created a system for a quarterback to succeed where he doesn't need to throw the ball a lot run the ball get first downs when you have to i like the niners to win i like the eagles to cover and honestly this is this is coming from if the eagles start carson wentz or jalen hurts because i heard that is up up in the air which is horrible for eagles fans to think about that this guy you gave a huge contract to already might lose his job week four to a rookie. I think Hertz makes it a more dynamic offense, but either way, I like the Niners to win, but I like the Eagles to cover that six and a half. I think it's going to be a closer game than people realize. I like this Eagles defense. Niners, it's a pretty good even matchup all around. The only reason why I think especially the public is leaning towards the Niners because the Eagles are 0-2-1 and they just tied against the Bengals. But if you watch that Bengals game, you knew, you know that Eagles defense is legit. All right, we're here Monday night, Atlanta at Green Bay. Uh, we're missing a game. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, been moved. Schedule's been kind of moved around. It'll just, it's more of something I'll talk about once it gets there. It sucks. It's a pandemic. People are going to be irresponsible. They still are. Cases are not where they should be in the world right now, just wherever you are. I mean, obviously some places, just maybe personally, I just see numbers going up in a lot of places, and it just, it's upsetting. It's concerning. But Monday night, Atlanta at Green Bay, Green Bay minus 7.5. I consulted with my dad, but I think I'm just a salty Falcons fan at this point. I like the Packers to win and cover. I think this is a shootout for sure. And in, in my score prediction, I put 44-34 for the Packers. I think it's a shootout, and I think Rodgers, not even that Rodgers is going to outshoot the Falcons because I think there's a good chance the Falcons really could. But I just think the last two weeks the Falcons have had, they've had double-digit leads and lost them. I just think this the mojo of this team is gone. I don't know where their confidence could come from. And it sucks to see, especially a talented offense like that. I just don't think they can keep the the Packers out of the end zone. But we'll have to see. That'll be, that'll be definitely, it'll, it'll at least be an entertaining game to watch because these teams are going to, especially the Falcons, are going to try to air it out. All right, baseball, the MLB playoffs. We had pretty wild few days, really. Um, let's just start day one, four games, ALCS, um, Houston at Minnesota. These are actual home games for now played in Minnesota. The twins score one early in the third. They give up one in the seventh and they end up giving three, give up three in the ninth. Thanks to Sergio Romo. Uh, Francisco Valdez pitched for, or got the win for Houston, and obviously we'll get the Houston game too. That was the next day, but Minnesota was in control of this game, and they just kind of let it fall apart. They just couldn't, they couldn't string anything together offensively, and it's it was disappointing to see. Especially everyone, I know everyone's mad at Houston. It wasn't even that. It was just frustrating to see this Minnesota team who last year they broke the MLB record for home runs in a season, and now, but they're just dead in the dirt. I mean, they are, but. 
I don't know. I think this was this game especially was just more of a Minnesota loss than a Houston win. And I'm not even saying that to discredit the Astros because we'll get to their game too where they did win in impressive fashion. Next up, White Sox, A's, Chicago, Oakland, game one. Chicago kind of pounces early, scores one and they score one in the second, two in the third. One more in the eighth. The A's get one back in the eighth. The real story of this one, Jesus Luzardo, who I thought, I mean, he had a great end to the regular season, kind of got lit up in this game. But Lucas Giolito, outstanding performance. Had a no-hitter going pretty late into the game. Or no hit. I think it was no-hitter. This young White Sox team, no matter what happened in this series, and it goes for the next game too, it's a playoff experience. You get, obviously it's no fans, but you still get these at-bats where pitchers are going to try to pick you apart. Next up, Tampa Bay. They take down the Jays, 3-1, score one in the fourth, two in the seventh. The Jays answer back with one in the eighth. Low-scoring game, the Jays actually end up with more hits. Blake Snell gets the win. Robbie Ray, who I th- and the Jays pulled. Matt Shoemaker, their game one starter. They pulled him a little bit early. Robbie Ray gets the loss. That's tough. Fairbanks with the save. Again, for Toronto, this is this is your young guys getting playoff experience. That's really what this experience. This is what it is. This Tampa team is definitely destined for more. Next up, the Yankees, the five seed. They're in Cleveland, and in Game One, they absolutely explode. They win twelve three, two in the first inning. Teams trade runs in the third. Yankees with two in the fourth. Cleveland answers with one. The Yankees with two more in the fifth. Four in the seventh. And the team's trade runs in the ninth. Garrett Cole got the start for the Yankees. Seven innings strong. Spectacular. Shane Bieber, who won the MLB Triple Crown. We can't take that away from him. The Yankees just tore him apart. This poor Cleveland team, who they traded Mike Clevenger, who's a guy they could have used for game two. I mean, I know Carlos Carrasco started, but... Still, t- it's tough for Cleveland losing by that, and just the Yankees dom their bats were just—they were ready. Aaron Judge, two-run home run in the first inning. That team was ready to go. Especially being the underdog, that's the best position for them to be in. All right, next up, the crazy craziest day that we could imagine. Eight games, eight playoff games, a lot of them overlapping each other. First up, Cincinnati, Atlanta. We can't even remember, or not that we can't remember, the starter's performance, unfortunately, didn't matter. Trevor Bauer and Max Fried both go seven strong innings. This game goes 13 innings. Freddie, Freddie Freeman definitely uh, eventually knocking in the game-winning run in the 13th inning. Cincinnati finishes with 11 hits. Atlanta was six, but at the end of the day, Braves get the win. They get the one nothing series lead heading into the next day. Next up, Houston, Minnesota, game two. This is Houston. Houston wins 3-1. Houston scores in the fourth. Minnesota answers in the fifth. And Houston scores in the seventh and ninth to claim it. Javier with the win. Stashak with the loss. Ryan Presley getting the save. Houston moves on. They're going to the ALTS. Next up, Miami, Chicago. It's amazing. We'll get to Miami in a minute, but... Or just Miami as a whole franchise in a minute. Chicago scores in the fourth. 
or uh, scores in the fifth, and then Miami explodes in the seventh inning. Five runs. Liam Hendricks or uh, Hendricks, which I can't remember his first name now, for the Cubs. Kyle Hendricks gets the win. Alcantara gets the uh, Hendricks gets the loss. Alcantara gets the win for Miami. They take a one nothing series lead. Next up, game two. Chicago White Sox, Oakland A's. Oakland comes back with the 5-3 win. Dallas Keuchel getting the loss. Bassett with the win. And Dykeman with the save. Oakland scores two in the first and the second. One in the fourth. Chicago tries to roar back late. Two in the eighth, one in the ninth. But just not enough. And we get a game three. At least one. Next up, Toronto. Season ends. They lose 8-2 to Tampa Bay. This Tampa Bay team was destined for a lot more. Scoring, all done pretty early. Uh, one for Tampa Bay in the first, sixth, six in the seventh in, or the second inning. They trade runs in the third. Toronto scores again in the fifth, and then no scoring for the rest of the game. Tyler Glass now getting the win. Hyunjin Ryu getting the loss. I, I think a lot of people were against starting Ryu in game two, but... I don't know. It's a three-game series. If it was a wild-card game, obviously you have to start your best guy, but most teams in game one are going to start their ace, so why not start your ace in game two, have a pitching advantage in game two, although Glasnow Ryu, I think, is was arguable at best. If anything, it's, again, a t- advantage Tampa Bay, but I got it. I think it was a smart choice. I would have done the same. I think if you are the underdog and you have a secondary, a second pitcher that you trust... I think you go with him game one and you trust your number one guy to come in for game two. Next up, St. Louis, San Diego, game one. A lot of scoring early. St. Louis with one in the one uh, four in the first. Then San Diego gets one in the first, second, third. St. Louis also got two in the third. And then later into the game, San Diego gets one back. St. Louis adds one more in the ninth. Galeagos gets the win. Chris Paddock with the loss. And Al Reyes with the save. one nothing news for St. Louis. A great series, and we'll get to that game too, which was outstanding. Next up, besides St. Louis-San Diego game two, this was probably the game of the playoffs already. It's just so far, I guess we should say. The Yankees take down Cleveland. But let's see how we got there. Cleveland scores four in the first inning off Masahiro Tanaka. The rain delay comes in. Yankees score one in the second. They score four in the in the fourth. One more in the fifth. Then Cleveland with two in the fifth. The Yankees with two in the sixth. Cleveland with two in the seventh. One more in the eighth. Take the lead into the ninth inning. Then with two outs left. DJ LeMayhew, I think, tied the game and then Eventually, the Yankees take the lead. They win 10-9. Aroldis Chapman with the win. Hands with the lot. Brad Hands with the lost. loss. Cleveland loses two in a row at home. The Yankees go on to the ALDS where they will face the Rays, which we'll get to once we get through all these games. Next up, Milwaukee. LA Dodgers. Huge underdogs, Milwaukee. And... Early on, the Dodgers looked like they were going to dominate. They scored two in the first, one in the second. Milwaukee answers back two in the fourth. And then the Dodgers put it out of reach with one more in the seventh. 
Julio Arias gets the win for the Dodgers. Uh, Brett Sutter gets the win, or Suter gets the loss for Milwaukee, and Kenley Jansen comes in for the save. Dodgers go up one nothing. I don't really think this surprised anyone. A lighter game, lighter slate, I guess. Uh, Miami Chicago was supposed to be this day, got rained out, and it was made up the next day. But we'll get there. Cincinnati loses to Atlanta 5-0, really late scoring. I mean, Luis Castillo gets the loss, Anderson with the win. It really does suck for Cincinnati that their season ends like this, especially how they built this team up. Atlanta scores one in the fifth, four more in the eighth, put it out of reach. Cincinnati's going home, Atlanta's going on in the division series. Next up, first First of two game threes, not on this day, but just in general. The A's come back. They beat the, the White Sox 6-4. Like a tennis score, Frankie Montas with the win. Marshall with the loss. Liam Hendricks comes back in for the save after a huge performance in game one. Early on, White Sox score three. They scored one in the one in the second, two in the third. A's come storming back with four in the fourth. Uh, White Sox score five or one in the fifth. A's come back with two more in the fifth. No scoring for the rest of the game. The A's use their pitching and just shut them down. A's move on to the ALDS. Next up, again, I feel like I'm biased towards the Yankees-Cleveland game. This game is also ridiculous. 11-9 the final. St. Louis-San Diego game two. I don't think I said that. St. Louis scores one in the first three in the second San Diego comes back with two in the fourth then the wild six seven eight nine inning honestly St. Louis scores two in the sixth San Diego comes back with four St. Louis shut out in the seventh St. Louis scores two or San Diego scores two and then eighth inning St. Louis two San Diego two game looks to be out of reach St. Louis adds one more in the ninth but not enough, and we got a game two. Uh, Pagan with the win, Ponce de Leon with the loss for the Cardinals, and Trevor Rosenthal comes in for the save with the Padres. Next up, Brewers-Dodgers, game two. None too surprising. Dodgers score three in the fifth inning. That's all the scoring in that game. Clayton Kershaw with the win, Brandon Woodruff with the loss, and surprisingly, Buster Gretarol. Gretarol? Uh, part of the trade earlier this year with Minnesota gets the save. I guess maybe saving Kenley Jansen if they needed him for a third game. Dodgers move on to the division series, and we'll see who they play. Finally, last day, the makeup game. The Marlins win 2 nothing. Boxberger picks up the win. Kinsler with the save. Yuda Darvish picks up the loss. one or one inning of scoring, seventh inning, two runs, teams tie and hits, and the Cubs, who had a great year, looked great in their division, won that division, they're going home, or I guess they're staying home while Miami moves on, and finally, game three, St. Louis, San Diego, Jack Flaherty pitches in this game, gets the loss, uh, Adams, too, honestly, don't really... Uh, Austin Adams gets the win. Uh, Padres used nine pitchers in this game. 
they went four nothing. Five, uh, one run in the fifth, two in the seventh, one in the eighth, and that's all the scoring they need. And now we're on to the division series. Uh, in San Diego, which is funny that the Padres leave, the Yankees and the Rays will go there for a best of five series. Well, Oakland and Houston, they're going to go to L.A. playing Dodger Stadium for their best of five series. Just even ground, it'll just be designated home teams, bubble scenario, just like how the NBA and NHL have done it. I think it's really smart, and I'm impressed, honestly. I'm, I'm impressed with baseball for doing this. I think the travel is not going to be too treacherous. I think the scheduling obviously had to do it where teams couldn't get home field advantage even if they weren't the designated home team for a game so the al is going to san diego and la on the other side going to texas we got a great matchup of the two record wise the two best teams in the national league the dodgers are playing the padres and then going over to houston atlanta is facing miami in terms of fans the nlcs which is going to be in texas and the World Series, also in Texas, will have fans. I think they said 11,000 fans in the stadium. It's something, at least. Hopefully, everyone's going to be safe. I think the bubble scenario has kind of worked all around. In terms of these matchups, Tampa Bay, I mean, funny enough, all division matchups. So these teams have seen seen enough of each other this year. Tampa Bay dominated the Yankees throughout the year. Oakland-Houston's a great matchup, except for the fact that Oakland is missing Matt Chapman, and now we might have to watch the Astros sneak in to the championships i shouldn't say sneak in they are a good team it just i know the world's against them and i'm on that side but they are a good team at the end of the day i think their pitching is going to cut their pitching woes are going to catch up to them at some point on the other side the dodgers padres have had a great rivalry this year again the two best teams in the nl by record it's been a great rivalry it's going to be an offensive explosion you got a lot of star power there Machado facing his old team, the Dodgers, should be fun. Atlanta, Miami, Miami hasn't lost a playoff series like ever. They're seven and zero. Every time they make the playoffs, they make a World Series run. I feel like they might have a rude, rude awakening with this Braves team, but at this point, who really knows? The Marlins really just dismantled the Cubs, who looked like that young, fun offensive team. Could do the same for the Braves. Should be fun to see. Finally, last up, we got the NBA Finals. Game one was Wednesday. Game two, last night. Game one, Lakers dominate, 116-98. kind of felt like it should have been more. Uh, Lakers, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, amazing performances. Davis, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. LeBron, 25 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. In terms of depth scoring, they got 13 from... Uh, Catavius Caldwell Pope, 11 from Danny Green, 10 from Caruso, 8 from Markeith Morris, 7 from Rondo, only 3 points from Kyle Kuzma, which I think brings into question the best storyline that isn't really basketball in this whole series of Kyle Kuzma's ex-girlfriend, I think her name is Katya, uh, Elise Henry or Henri, however you say it. Again, Kyle Kuzma's ex-girlfriend, now dating Tyler Hero on the Miami Heat. Uh, They started talking, I guess, around quarantine time. Uh, She's actually there. She's in the crowd. I think Kuzma's girlfriend, Winnie Harlow, is also there. But 
just a fun storyline that Kuzma, game one of the finals, they still win, obviously, at the end of the day, but three points. Tyler Hero scores 14. Rest of the Heat, though. Butler, 23, 2-5. Early, he had a really hot start, and just this whole team slowed down, uh, slowed down the stretch. Kendrick Nunn, 18. Garbage time points, to be honest. Again, Hero, 14. Jay Crowder, 12. And then the two biggest stories of this NBA Finals. Bam Adebayo with 8 points. Goran Dragic, 6 points. Both get hurt. Uh... Bam with a neck strain. Goran Dragic, it sounds like torn fascia, fascia. I don't really know what part of the foot that is. You can kind of see an awkward jump. Seems like Dragic is out for the series. Bam missed game two. Um, it just kind of sucks to see this. Heat team was having so much fun. Duncan Robinson scores zero points in this game. The Lakers really start to finish dominated, and that's... The same case for game two. Lakers win 124-114. LeBron, 33 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. Close to a triple-double. Anthony Davis, 32 points, 14 rebounds. Again, that was scoring for the Lakers. Prevalent. Rondo, 16. Uh, Catavius Caldwell, Pope, and Kuzma, 11. They got 6 points out of all three of Marquise Morris, Alex Caruso, and Dwight Howard. They only got 3 points from Danny Green. Definitely a disappointment for this Miami team, though. Poor, I don't want to say poor Jimmy Butler, but he's just really trying to will this team. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 13 assists. Again, missing a guy like Bam just defensively does enough to your team that it really is a problem. Uh, Kelly Olenek scores 24. Tyler Hero scores 17. Kendrick Nunn, 13. Jay Crowder, 12. Uh, Myers Leonard and Andre Iguodala, both with seven. Duncan Robinson scores nine. Andre Iguodala also scored seven points in game one. This Lakers team is just so much better, and I hate that I don't have more analysis, but they just, they've torn apart the zone. They just have done everything right, and this Heat team has had a great run. I think it's about to come to a halting stop, unfortunately. This Heat team's going to battle. There's no question about that, but they need... They need their big guys to step up. They need Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk to really make an impact on the defensive end. Obviously, they can't do it to this same extent that Bam does, but they got to do something. And I trust Eric Spolstra to make some good adjustments, but I think this Lakers team might just be too much for them. And it sucks to see, but we'll just, again, it's sports, it's the finals. It'll be be interesting to see what's going to happen. So that about wraps it up. Uh... Monday night, Tuesday morning, more likely Tuesday morning. Next episode, we'll have results from uh, probably have the first day of the MLB playoffs, NFL Week 4, and whatever happens in the NBA Finals. If you want to check out anything we're doing, you can find uh, Instagrams, Dion Family Network. You can also find uh, our, our accounts there as well. Uh and if you want to see daily picks, you can find them at, or not at, it's actually URL jack-dion99.blogspot.com. Daily picks and uh, in-depth analysis sometimes for as the games become less and less. Playoff picks for the MLB, NBA Finals picks, NFL picks, all that fun stuff. 
And besides that, we'll see you next time.